like to invite you to a soul level encounter. Music has an incredible ability to proclaim the soul's language beyond what mere words can speak. That's what we seek as we invite our guests to share their song of the soul. You will hear the music that has charted the steps of their spiritual journey, that has provided a touchstone in the soul's dark night and sung the heart's awe and joy when come to the light. Over the next hour, you will be a witness and companion to our guest's spiritual path and sacred testimony. Welcome to Song of the Soul. I admit it, folk music is the deepest music of my soul, so I'm always thrilled when I come across a passionate purveyor of folk like Matt Watroba, and the man has great creds. In addition to performing the music for 30 to 40 years, Matt has spent something like 24 years sharing from the deep folk well on the Detroit-based show Folks Like Us on WDET-FM and another four years working on Folk Alley at WKSU at Kent State University, combining his rich store of songs by others with his own gems and talent, make any Matt Watroba encounter a soul-filling experience. Matt Watroba joins us by phone from near Detroit, Michigan. Matt, thank you so much for joining me for Song of the Soul. Absolutely my pleasure, Mark. I, I love what you're doing. I understand that just this past week you were in Wisconsin. Could you tell me about that little outing? I was in Wisconsin up at a house concert up in Shawano. I've been very fortunate. I think I've played three or four of the Shawano Folk Festivals, and one time they made me the honorary chair. I forget forget the exact title, but it was. I had the pleasure of coming back two years in a row, and I got to invite an artist to come back the next year. And in this case, it was Joe Crookston. I don't know if you've heard Joe's work. But So I, I have a real nice relationship uh, playing up in Shawano, and also did a, one of the Great River Festivals, too, not too far from you in La Crosse. So it's, I, I love Wisconsin. You're over in Michigan, kind of Detroit area, right? That's right, southeast Michigan. I'm about 20 minutes from Ann Arbor, 20 minutes from Detroit. One of the things that I know about you is that there was a show some 20 years or so that you did, Folks Like Us, radio program that you did on WDET in Detroit. And then after that, you went to another. Could you talk about your radio career, where that came from? And because really, you're a performer, right? Yeah, I, I make my living as a performer. But for about 24, 23, 24 years, I was able to do a three-hour weekly live radio show from the campus of Wayne State University right in downtown Detroit which is astonishing when you think about it. We had seven hours on Saturday afternoon of bluegrass, folk, and blues, right in the middle of this big urban city. And it was consistently the most supported thing on the air. It was just, it was just really gratifying. And in that time, I was able to do much like you do. I interviewed literally hundreds of my heroes, folk music performers who were traveling through, playing the Ark in Ann Arbor or some other Detroit venue. And I was able to do that for about 23 years. And then after that stopped, 
I uh, had a brief, like about three and a half years, I was down in Kent, Ohio, working for WKSU Radio, which had a local commitment to folk music, but also I worked for the uh, internet station folkalley.com. And now I'm back in Detroit doing what I love the most, which is performing full-time. How big is the folk scene around where you are? It's quite big, actually. And there is a really, really great community of performers in southeast Michigan as well. And I think it has to do with the fact that there was a pretty big commitment to folk music on the radio in Detroit, and also because of the wonderful folk music club in Ann Arbor, the Ark, which has been around for, I think, 50 years this year. So that's really, because of the Ark in Ann Arbor, that's where I really got to... uh, Oh, I got to open shows. It's where I learned how to perform, doing opening sets for people like Tom Paxton and Donovan and Arlo Guthrie. Tell me a little bit more about the Ark. I think it is the longest nonprofit coffee house continuously running, if not the longest, maybe next to Cafe Lena in upstate New York. It's been going since, the like I said, they're celebrating their 50th year this year. It started out as a weekend kind of coffee house. It's changed locations a few times, but now it's in a pretty permanent spot right on Main Street in downtown Ann Arbor. And they do music six, usually seven nights a week. It's a 400, 450-seat club now, very much a listening room. And pretty much anyone you could name in folk music has probably graced that stage at one point or another. I'm very lucky in that I, uh, I got to know the Ark very well as a host of their open stage They used to do on Wednesdays, which is where I really learned how to perform. And like I said, I opened a lot of shows there, and now I do an annual show there on the day after Thanksgiving every year, and I've done that for, I think, 21 years now. You're a youngster relative to me. I'm 60 this year, and you're 54. So you really were getting into folk music when it was going out of vogue across the nation as a whole, I suppose. I mean, it's never really gone out of vogue in a certain slice of the population. (laughs) But you know what I'm saying, though. Yeah, I didn't exactly ride the wave, that's for sure. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it's interesting. I learned about folk music. It was because of a Tom Paxton record, the album called Ain't That News. And my ninth grade English teacher which would have probably been around 1974, 75, something like that. She was playing that record, uh, I think, to demonstrate satire or something. And there was just something about that record that just spoke to me. And it just caused me to start on this journey of learning everything I could, first about the Greenwich Village folks like Paxton is. And then that went out into traditional music. and, and And that really started me on the path of wanting to find out everything I could about this music. It also started me playing the guitar and singing as well. Me, my voice, and my guitar. And it's quite a voice you've got. I noticed, amongst other things, I was trying to tease out, I was having flashbacks to some music from the past, and I realized it was on one of the recordings, particularly that John Denver did. I said, you share some vocal cords with him. I think. <laughs> you know, if, if I'm ever compared vocally to anyone, it's, it's usually him, and I get that from audience members, and that, you know, I'm, that's very flattering. I always love John Denver's crystal clear tenor voice. He probably sings a little higher than I do, but you're right. We do share some quality there. Well, let's experience some of your brilliance. What would you like to share for your Song of the Soul? Why don't we start with a Tom Paxton song, since that's what we were just talking about. I knew when I recorded my first record, which was called Matt Latroba Live at the Ark, I put five microphones on the audience because I knew I wanted them to sing these songs. And I recorded this album several years ago, and this was really kind of like the very best of the songs that I had been performing for most of my life. This was the first record. About 350 people gathered that evening at the Ark, 
and I turn them into a choir, which is what I do. And we'll talk more about that when the song's over. Well, it's an awesome song, folks. Get ready for Tom Paxton's song performed here by Matt Latroba, Live at the Ark. Peace will come. Peace will, peace will come. Let it begin with me. We, we need, we need peace. Let it begin with me. Oh, my own life is all I can hope to control. Oh, let my life. We live for the good, good of the soul, let it bring peace, sweet peace, peace will come, let it begin with me, why don't you sing with me on that now, peace, peace will, peace will come, let it begin with me. All I can hope to control Oh, let my life Be lived for the good Good of the soul Let it bring peace Peace will Peace will come Let it begin with me We We need We need Now let's add the high voices. Peace will come, yes, peace will come, oh, peace will come. Let it begin with me. singing with Matt Watroba. It's from his CD, Matt Watroba Live at the Ark, Peace Will Come. One of just awesome songs. And for me, one of the reasons I love that song is because it's got that spiritual element. My own life is all I can hope to control. Let my life be lived for the good of my soul. How do you relate to that kind of idea? Well, for exactly the same reason you said, and, and what I love about it is it's just the truth. And for me, that word truth is really at the heart of what I consider to be spiritual. And one of the things that I love about that song in particular is if you wrote the lyrics out on a piece of paper, I think there's only like 32 words in that whole song. But they all just ring true for me. Mm -hmm. Like my own life is all I can hope to control. I mean, that's just true. (laughs) And so that's why I love it. And I also love it because 
it's a, a very simple song that sounds very complicated, and it's, it's an accomplishment for an audience to sing those two parts. And it's really fun for me to teach those two parts. And I haven't met an audience yet who hasn't risen to the challenge, and I still very much keep that song in my repertoire, often use it as an encore, and I still love it. I had the sense there. I mean, I think there must have been some people on stage with you kind of leading parts of it, but my sense was that there was real orchestration of that whole audience going on there. Could you talk a little bit about how you did it? Did you practice for 10 minutes before you actually had the recording? You know, I don't remember exactly. I I probably introduced that song. I do know that I set up the night as a night of recording. So it wasn't, I didn't ask them in just to watch a concert. I, I let the audience know that they would be part of this live recording and that they would be singing. So I did often, before we started the tape recorder, teach them the chorus, but they caught on very, very quickly. I couldn't let the concert go for six hours, so I had to be as succinct as possible. That's one of the reasons I put five microphones on the audience, because then I could mix them just like I would mix instruments on stage. And I think that's why it came out almost sounding like they were a choir. Did you in any way screen who was coming in? You could see that person going, I know that guy sings flat all the time. I, he's going to be in my microphone five and it's going to ruin it. No. <laughs> no, I, that would have been impossible because there was too many people there. But I did, I did have ringers in the audience because I had a bunch of friends join me on stage for songs throughout the night. So I knew that a lot of the people in the audience could sing. And it's interesting because it's, that was my first recording. And my next project is going to be another, I'm going to assemble another audience just for the pure act of community sing. You've put out, I think, four albums. And today we'll be encountering songs from, I think, three of those four, assuming things go as you've told me. You've had a long enough career that there could have been more than that. And and really, the latest CD is the one that principally features your own writing. Can you talk a little bit about that progression in your life? Why is it that the the latest CD has you? I mean, weren't you writing songs back when you were? You know, most people when they're twenty, that's when the the lyrics pour out, and they may not be that good, but they pour out. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I do. <laughs> to tell you the truth, I decided to skip that part. I did not start writing songs until I was about 42 years old. And you have to understand, Mark, that up until that point, that was right in the thick of when I was interviewing some of the greatest songwriters on the planet. And I don't know if that was intimidating to me or what, but, you know, when you have Michael Smith in the studio, when you have Towns Van Zandt in the studio, you know, you leave thinking about your songwriting. So I I really did not open up the floodgates of songwriting until I recorded the album Jukebox Folk. On that record, I recorded four of my own songs. And then on the last record, which is called Shine Right Through the Dark, all of them were either my own song or a co-write. So it came late, and I'm very happy to say that once it came, I feel like I sort of hit the ground running. I feel like I I got to avoid writing all those Oh, My Girlfriend Left Me songs. And and I hope (laughs) I, I approach it maybe with a little more maturity without having had to go through all that stuff. Lollipop, lollipop, lollipop. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Didn't need to do that one, okay. <laughs> you know, Pete Seeger, to me, has been so influential. I got a chance to do a show very similar to what we're doing right now. I did an hour radio special. When Pete was 89, I got to sit on the banks of the Hudson River in the Sloop Club, where he did so much of his amazing environmental work. And he was 89 years old, and we sat for about an hour and 15 minutes and had an interview. And it was there that Pete told me, and this was just a few years back, 
that it was never his intention to put a song in people's ears, that it was always his intention to put a song on people's lips. And he actually asked me, he said, if you're a performer, get people singing. And that has really, it's changed my whole approach to performing since I interviewed Pete. Well, let's get you singing with another one. So what song two for your Song of the Soul? I mentioned Towns Van Zandt. One of the things I noticed when I was doing my latest record, which is all original music, is if there was any sort of motif or theme that started to run through these songs, it was heroes. And one of my songwriting heroes was the great Towns Van Zandt. I had been reading a book about Towns where I found out that his favorite flower was the morning glory which was perfect for towns because, you know, that flower blooms in the morning and dies at night. It's also a weed, which I thought was kind of interesting. And so I, uh, I sort of took that metaphor, and, I, and believe it or not, you know, I don't know if you know this, Towns wrote this song called If I Needed You, which was pretty popular by Emmylou Harris and Don Williams. And Towns was fond of telling the story that he wrote that song in his sleep, that he actually went to sleep woke up and that entire song was on his notebook next to his bed. Well, after I finished, isn't that strange? (laughs) (laughs) After I finished reading the book To Live is to Fly, which is a wonderful biography of Towns Van Zandt, I woke up with a whole bunch of lines of poetry in my head. And and if you don't mind, I'll recite them because they end up in the song you're about to play. I woke up the next morning with this. Some say it was just booze or some wild untamed muse or one more pure image unfurled. Now, I may be wrong, but I'd say it's a song that lifted you up from this world. And that was fully formed in my head when I woke up, almost like a gift from Towns. I quickly wrote the song, and and the song begins with just a little snippet of one of his songs called The Tower Song. You built your tower strong and tall Can't you see it's got to fall one Sing us a story of wild morning glory Reach down into places unseen Others call shadow is merely the mad flow Of the people and places you've been Life was a gamble, a perpetual ramble You tamed with the beauty of rhyme You walk the tightrope and just when you lose hope And out of the dark hole you Dig at the details, the devil goes deeper He wakes when you're looking away He visits you when you've lost one more weekend Just keeping the demons at bay would combat you, the darkness clawed at you, you fought back with codeine and birds. What made you fragile, likewise made you agile, your bones they were hollow like birds. Your songs inspire the broken down choir, you lost all desire to sing. You learned it made good sense to lower our defense and toss it all into Dig at the details, the devil goes deeper He waits when you're looking away He 
Cause it's you and you've lost one more weekend Just keeping the demons at bay Just booze or some wild untamed muse Or one more pure image unfurled I may be wrong but I'd say it's a song That lifted you up from this world So sing us a story You wild morning glory When unarmed to the fray You built a tower And just like the flower You bloomed and were gone in a day Dig at the details, the devil goes deeper He wakes when you're looking away He it's you and you've lost one more weekend Just keeping the demons at bay Wild Morning Glory is the song. It's from Matt Watroba's most recent album, Shine Right Through the Dark. He's here today for Song of the Soul. His website, mattwatroba.com. Watroba, W-A-T-R-O-B-A. And you can always find the link via nordenspiritradio.org. This is a Norton Spirit Radio production, and you find us on that website with more than nine and a half years of our programs for free listening and download. You'll find links to our guests, so you find Matt's connections there and a little bit more information about him. There's also a place to leave comments, and we do love two-way communication, so please, when you visit, post a comment. Also on that site, there's a place to donate so that you can support Northern Spirit Radio. And that's extremely important, obviously, to me. But even more important, I would say to all of us, is that you support your local community radio station. So whatever you do with your hands, with your wallet, step out and support your local community radio station. Right now, more than ever, we need that slice of news and music that you just do not get on commercial or even public radio. So start out by supporting your community radio station. Again, Matt Watroba is my guest today for Song of the Soul. The song we just heard, Wild Morning Glory, did you have a person in mind as it sounds at that point? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I had the opportunity to interview Towns not once but twice, which was a thrill for me because I, I really sometimes think as, as tortured of a soul as that guy was, as tortured of a spirit as he had, he was a really kind, gentle man. He was addicted to a lot of things and drugs. and You know, I don't know if people realize this, but when he was young, he actually went through electroshock therapy when he was in college. His parents didn't know what to do with his restless, creative soul, and that's kind of what they ended up doing. And I think, personally, I think that set the course for his life. But I think sometimes he was put on this earth to write like 125 perfect songs. So that is my tribute to Towns, is uh, Wild Morning Glory. 
So, as we already mentioned, your latest CD, Shine Right Through the Dark, is almost all of your own songs. So you're stepping forward more than ever, telling your own truth. Care to give us another example of letting your light shine through your music? Absolutely. In fact, this is a song that is of another hero, but a hero that no one's ever heard of, unless you happen to be in my family or lived in the Detroit area. Because I wrote a song called The Saint of Warren Avenue for my Aunt Sue. My Aunt Sue was my dad's younger sister who passed away from cancer a couple of years back. I think she was the first adult I ever heard swear, which was a real eye-opener for me <laughs> as a kid. My Aunt Sue, was uh, well, she was a barmaid, basically. She, she just served drinks and people her whole life up and down this road. Warren Avenue runs on both the east and west side of Detroit, and my Aunt Sue probably worked every bar, you know, very working-class kind of neighborhood in Detroit. And she was an amazing human being. I had never met anyone as kind and as giving and with such a big heart, especially with such a rough exterior. She raised a family on her own. She was a single mom. And it was at her funeral where I really understood just the impact she had on people. As And I, I say it in the song, one by one, people got up and started telling stories of how they came into wherever it was she was working broken at the very bottom of their lives and she nurtured them back in amazing ways by accepting them for who they were and by in some cases taking them into her home she had one guy that a young man ended up living as her son for 12 years in her house so as a recovering catholic myself i could name one saint so i named my aunt sue the saint of warren avenue saint of warren avenue Served the drinks and worked the grill Her specialty was broken Heart shattered dreams and busted wills She swore just like a sailor On a drunken one-day pass She spoke the language of a street That's paved with broken glass The saint of Warren Avenue Raised a family with no dad Her ways were wild and dangerous Just a Catholic girl gone bad You could map the tough life In the deep lines of her face You could feel the hard-earned love Intense in her embrace Sometimes saints are sinners Sometimes saints are pure Best a clear reflection of the broken souls they cure. She could work her wonders in the shadows of a life. She could find the miracle in common human strife. At the funeral home that day 
One by one, each one stood up and told their story bare of the woman who accepted them when their lives were in despair. One told how he showed up late, abandoned and alone. She took him in for all those years. She opened up her home. Same was true for animals found hungry at her door. She spent her barmaid wages on the helpless and the poor. Sometimes saints are sinners. Sometimes saints are pure. At best, a clear reflection of the broken souls they cure. She could work her wonders in the shadows of a life. She could find the miracle in common human strife. beautiful glimpse of sainthood, the saint of Warren Avenue. Website, mattwatroba.com. Follow a link from nordenspiritradio.org if you're spelling challenged. That's from his latest CD, Shine Right Through the Dark, about his Aunt Sue. You mentioned, Matt, that you're recovering Catholic. You you grew up Catholic. And, and I, I did love the line in there, you know, just a Catholic girl gone bad. And, and actually, I love the chorus, too, when you're talking about sometimes saints are sinners and sometimes they're pure. I get the idea that maybe you like the ones who are sinners better. <laughs> well, I like the ones who are a reflection of the of the broken souls they cure, for sure. And that really was what my Aunt Sue was. And like I said, I just saw it so real in those people who stood up and told their stories about her. And so to me, it's, yeah, I find the people who are out there doing the real work, that they have always been the ones that have appealed to me. When the memorial for her passing was happening, you said all these people got up and were talking. I don't know if they were programmed into it. I grew up Catholic, as you did. I, I actually had a good experience of it, so I wouldn't describe myself as a sovereign Catholic, although... <laughs> I actually didn't. My experience wasn't bad, but <laughs> I don't practice the religion anymore, really. So Long ago, did it cease to be the, the best way, I think, for me to get connected to what's most important to be connected to? But it was a really positive experience for me, and at the point where I was developmentally ready to go on to something else, I, that's when I found Quakers. And I'm used to Quaker funerals. Actually, there was one, the first one I was ever at sometime in the early 80s down in Milwaukee. And people got up speaking so directly out of the silence about the person. And it was this intense feeling of really seeing the person as opposed to those kind of funerals that are based more on ritual. The thing for your Aunt Sue, what format was that? Was it, was this Catholic in some form? Oh, yeah, it definitely was Catholic. Anybody, certainly from that generation of my family, there was a rosary spoken and all that kind of stuff. But there was just this really nice opportunity. I forget exactly when it happened, probably not in the formal part of the ceremony, where people just started getting up and sharing personal stories, which is, you know, if I have to have a favorite part of a funeral, <laughs> that would be the part. And for a Quaker memorial service, that would be the whole thing, out of the silence. People just stand up and share whatever they have related to it. And I've been at them more than two hours long 
because the stories and the pictures, the view of the person just comes through so crystal. It does, and in sometimes in surprising ways. And that's really, I mean, I always knew my Aunt Sue had a, a huge heart, but until I heard those stories told from the people she touched, I didn't realize just what an impact she actually had. Well, let's keep going with your music. I want to get a lot more in before the hour is up. Well, you know, since we're talking about the album where I do most of my own stuff, why don't we stay in Detroit? There are a lot of Detroit sense of place sort of songs on Shine Right Through the Dark. You may think I'm crazy for saying this, but when I think of spirituality, I actually think of baseball sometimes. I've had some real spiritual experiences through the game of baseball, and I'm not a sports fanatic. In fact, I don't think I've ever watched a whole football game. But there's something about the history of baseball in my family, especially in connection with my father, who's still alive. He's going to be 80 years old this year. The memories of going down to the old Tiger Stadium on Michigan Avenue in Trumbull, down in Detroit. And I actually wrote a song about that stadium when they decided to take it down and build a new one downtown. And the song they used to play baseball here is a song that I would have to say of all the songs I've written on this album, Shine Right Through the Dark, this is the one that probably gets the most attention, especially when I play it in Detroit. But to tell you the truth, because the song is really, it's just kind of about a baseball stadium. It's really about the stuff we've lost. And I think that's why people seem to really, really relate to this particular song. One day, in fact, after my radio program on Saturday afternoon, I decided not to take the freeway home, but to go down Michigan Avenue and sort of wave to my old friend. And, and that phrase, they used to play baseball here, just entered my head and I went home and in sort of a big rush wrote this song with my dad in mind and with all those things I think we've let go too cheaply I drive on through the broken gate past the booth now still and dark once the cars were bathed in light spilling over from the park I'd flip my key to Jim or Steve Find my seat and have a beer But this old house is coming down They used to play baseball here but The stadium has moved downtown Leaving nothing on the street We traded in a neighborhood For a corporate box or suite Though it's good for business, that point has been made clear. But this old house is coming down, we used to play baseball here. Game days we would stand outside in a line curled round the block. Gracie's eggs were worth the wait, and I loved the baseball talk. Marvel how the morning hours somehow disappeared. Gracie's place has come down. We used to serve breakfast here. Who joints out on exit five? You don't have to stand in line. Traded conversation for a convenient place to dine. Say it's good for business That point has been made clear This old house is coming down we Used to play baseball here Though we're moving forward 
forward And I guess we probably should There's a cost for what we've lost Things are gone for good Barber's shop near Gracie's Was a gathering for guys Between innings on the radio They spent hours spinning lies A ring of smoke, a dirty joke For over 40 years Saturdays are not the same Used to give haircuts here The new salon stretch on and on Walt's place was cramped and small They traded in a gathering place For a cheap cut at the mall Here it's good for business That point has been made clear Saturdays are not the same Used to play baseball here This old house is coming down Used to play baseball here Talk about pangs of the heart, the real longing for that which is so much at our foundation. The song is, they used to play baseball here. Matt Watroba is the gift bringer today for Song of the Soul. You said, Matt, that it might seem kind of strange to juxtapose spirituality and baseball. And, you know, I'm not into sports much myself, but I do understand it. And I think one of the people you must have interviewed along the way was John McCutcheon. You know, his album called Sermon on the Mound. I do. Yep. In fact, I I interviewed him right after he put that record out. And and yeah, we talk baseball a lot. Another folky who writes a lot of songs about baseball is Chuck Brodsky. I don't know if you've had a chance to meet Chuck. No, but you probably should introduce me. I'm always looking to delve into new areas of the folk world. <laughs> you would love Chuck Brodsky. He's a Philadelphia Phillies fan, and he writes some great songs. And McCutcheon, of course, he writes great songs, too. You know, baseball seems to be the sport of the folky, really. It's uh, it's the one that we, we get the most songs about. And I think it has to do with history and tradition more than anything else. Okay, well, let, let's have some more music. Let's find more of the riches of Matt Watroba. Well, I'll tell you what. Let's switch to my record, Jukebox Folk. This is the record where I, I re-fell in love with old-time country music. Now, the, the song we're going to play is not one of those old-time country songs, but on this record, I have songs from Hank Williams, and that's the music I heard growing up. My father had thousands of vinyl records, and they were all old-time country songs or polkas, but mostly old-time country songs. So I wanted to do a whole record. In fact, he helped me pick some of the songs out on this record, Jukebox Folk. But a strange thing happened when I started making this record is that's where my my muse came along. All of a sudden, through immersing myself in this old-time country, all of a sudden I became a songwriter, or my songwriter finally emerged. And one of the first things I did was write a song about my wife, Kim, who uh, this August will be married 28 years. And then I all of a sudden realized why so many love songs exist. It's because it's absolutely impossible to do it in three verses. And this song called When You Think You're Alone is really just my first attempt. Some people feel your true heart is revealed In those times when there is no one in sight When you're perfectly free And nobody can see If what you're doing is wrong or right 
It's those times when you think I'm not watching When who you are comes shining through All I do is just stare And with ease I declare I'm so glad I share my life with you I have seen the way you play with our children Heard the laughter, felt the love in the air I'm amazed at how you practice your magic In those moments when you think no one's there I have seen you disappear in a novel Heard you weep and call your friend on the phone I'm amazed at how you practice your magic In those moments when you think you're alone wave of a wand your love goes beyond any love that I could comprehend when our story's been told I just hope I've grown old along with you until the end and I know that it's not an illusion you have shown me just what life can be From that first time you smiled to when I saw our first child This love has made a family I have seen the way you play with our children Heard the laughter, felt the love in the air I'm amazed at how you practice your magic In those moments when you think no one's there I have watched you watch the birds at the feeder Heard the songs you hum while brushing your hair I'm amazed at how you practice your magic In those moments when you think no one's there I have watched you when you work in the garden Making beauty out of earth, dirt and stone I'm amazed at how you practice your magic In those moments when you think you're alone In those moments when you think you're alone Another gift from Matt Watroba, When You Think You're Alone for his wife, but I'm pretty sure I'm going to steal it and sing it to my wife, and she'll know it's exactly intended for her. <laughs> I had a whole bunch of guys really mad at me for writing that song. <laughs> uh, they came, they came up and said, "Now, you know, what am I going to do for my wife now?" I'm going to paraphrase the actual saying, but something about if you really want to judge someone's character, observe them when they don't think anybody's watching them. And when you're married to someone for as long as I've been married to Kim you have that opportunity to sort of, you know, sometimes you can be in the same room and not be fully conscious of each other being there because you're so comfortable, you know, that stage of love. And so I just started noticing these little things, these little tiny things that I love about her. And I thought that would just make a really, really nice song. Well, it did. Good judgment there. (laughs) Well, more music. Well, let's see. We're getting down there, aren't we? I thought, well, you know, let's return to the Ark in Ann Arbor. This is 
I believe I'm on stage with two really wonderful musicians, a guy by the name of Neil Woodward and a guy by the name of Gary Weisenberg. And if there's one song that I've been singing for as long as I can remember singing, it's this song that I first heard from Pete Seeger. It is a song all about heroes. And I think last check, there was over 50 verses of this song. I I think I only choose four or five. (laughs) But it's a remarkable song because it is like the folk process. The song is like a snowball. And I've actually done writing workshops with young people, and I will often use this song to have them add a new verse. The song is called Passing Through. I saw Adam leave the garden with an apple in his hand. Now that you're out, what are you going to do? Plant a seed and pray for rain, maybe raise a little cane. I'm an orphan now and I'm just passing through. Passing through, passing through. Sometimes happy, sometimes blue, glad that I ran into you. Tell the people that you saw me passing through. And I saw Jesus on the cross on that hill called Calvary. Do you hate mankind for what they've done to you? Well, he said, talk of love, not hate, because it's getting mighty late. I've so little time, and I'm just passing through. Passing through, passing through. Sometimes happy, sometimes blue. Glad that I ran into you. Tell the people that you saw me passing through. Well, I shivered next to Washington one night at Valley Forge. Why do the soldiers freeze here like they do? Well, he said, man will suffer, fight, even die for what is right, even though they know they're only passing through. Passing through, passing through, sometimes happy, sometimes blue, glad that I ran into you. Tell the people that you saw me passing through. And t'was at Franklin Roosevelt's side just a while before he died. He said, one world must come out of World War II. Yankee, Russian, white or tan, Lord, a man is just a man. We're all brothers and we're only passing through. And Gandhi spoke of freedom one night. I said, man, we gotta fight. He said, yes, but love's the weapon we should use. For with killing no one wins. It's with love that peace begins. It takes courage when we're only passing through. Passing through, passing through. Sometimes happy, sometimes blue, glad that I ran into you. Tell the people that you saw me passing through. Passing through, passing through. Sometimes happy, sometimes blue, glad that I ran into you. Tell the people that you saw me passing through. As you can tell, folks, that one was Live at the Ark with Matt Watroba, guest here today for Song of the Soul. And that, of course, is a, a classic. I really don't know how far back it goes either. I've heard it attributed so many places. And what year was that, Live at the Ark? That was in 1997. Some of the verses have very explicitly, you know, the view of Jesus and other things that are very connected to that. So to some degree, it feels kind of like it's connected to that old 
religious hymns or even the, the music really of the social gospel is carried in music. But then you get up to FDR and other folks. Including Gandhi, by the way. Gandhi, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. We've got time for one more song, and I think I have some intuition on how you want to go out. <laughs> well, this is it's interesting. I started writing this song called How Will I Leave about 10 years before I even started writing songs. And I happened to be singing at my grandmother's funeral, my father's mother, Bernice Watroba, and she lived a long, wonderful life. So this was one of those funerals that was kind of like a celebration of her life. And, you know, I had, it's not a new idea, but I looked out at all these people and I saw her love so clearly and everyone in that room, from the five-year-olds to the 90-year-olds, that I had this overwhelming sense that if you really want to live forever, then you ought to love as much as you can while you're alive. And she touched a lot of people while she was alive. And so about 10 years later, I was looking for the last song to put on the album Jukebox Folk. And because this was kind of a panorama of country music, the one style I hadn't done yet was the style of the bluegrass quartet. So I started looking at as many bluegrass quartets as I could. I listened to as much as I Then I remembered I write songs now. I can write it myself. I couldn't find anything. <laughs> I couldn't find anything that said what I wanted to say. I could create it, and that ended up being the song, How Will I Leave? I wanted to ask you a thing right before we play that, though. You're raised Catholic like I was, which implies a certain selection of music that one would have grown up with. And you might have been growing up at the time there were folk masses and that kind of thing. So morning is broken or blowing in the wind might have been part of a folk mass, depending on which parish you were at. Right. But we didn't get exposed to a lot of what we call gospel music, that kind of thing. And this song, a few of the notes are those of the song Whispering Hope. Did you know enough kind of gospel music to know a song like that? No, no. In fact, I'm not sure I know that song now. I'm going to go look it up, though. No, you know, I'll tell you the truth. What I know about gospel music really comes from my friend Robert Jones, who taught me and exposed me to especially the African-American tradition of gospel music. And that and listening to bluegrass music, because even, even though I was raised Catholic, we did not attend a lot of church even when I was a kid. So I didn't really hear the music that was coming through the Catholic Church, but I heard a whole bunch coming through my friend, Reverend Robert Jones. A beautiful song to leave off with, Matt. Really, I'm just so glad that I've been able to connect up with you, and I wish you well as you carry the gift of folk and community singing far and wide. I'm thankful for the 24, or is it 26 years, that you've put in sharing the folk message on WDET and WKSU, and I'm so thankful that you brought it here today for Song of the Soul. Well, Mark, I can't wait till our paths actually cross. That'll be a wonderful thing. So we finish off Matt Watroba's Song of the Soul. Remember, his website is mattwatroba.com. And remember, you can find a link from Northern Spirit Radio. There are also some bonus excerpts on our site. So you can go to nordenspiritradio.org, listen, luxuriate, and post a comment when you visit. This last song is from Matt's Jukebox Folk CD. The song is How Will I Leave? And we'll see you next week. Or song of the soul I'll build from the lessons I learned in my youth How will I leave And open my eyes and my heart to the truth That's how I leave this earth How will I leave How will I leave this earth When it comes 
comes my time to go, how will they measure my worth? I will live on. And those that I touched while I lived, in this journey of life from my death to my birth, that's how I'll leave this earth. It's choice and not chance that has brought me along How will I leave? And showed me the difference between right and wrong That's how I'll leave this earth How will I leave? How will I leave this earth? When it comes my time to go how will they measure my worth? I will live on. And those that I touched while I lived in this journey of life from my death to my birth, that's how I'll leave this Some say we'll live on up in heaven above How will I leave? I will live on through the ones that I love That's how I'll leave this earth How will I leave? How will I leave this earth? When it comes my time to go how will they measure my worth? I will live on. Those that I touched while I live in this journey of life from my death to my birth, that's how I'll leave this earth. The theme music for Song of the Soul is by Chris Williamson, and it's called Song of the Soul. My name is Mark Helpsmeet, and this is a Northern Spirit Radio production. You can listen to this program again, track down the list of songs included, and a whole lot more on my website, northernspiritradio.org. And I invite you to share your Song of the Soul with my listeners. Just contact me via my website. And please, join me weekly for Song of the Soul. You can be happy Let in the light It will heal you And you can feel you And sing out a song